Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined, as usual, by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And, uh, John, welcome to another week. How was your weekend? We had fun on that little water slide. You know, we had a pretty great weekend, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, had an absolute blast on that water slide. Granted, we got nice and sunburned. I mean, if you watch the stream, you understand why, because... There's not a lot of color in our family. Um, but he had an absolute blast. He talked about it all day Sunday. So, you know. Good. Good. Yeah, we had fun, too. We ended up doing it all day Sunday, uh, all day Sunday too. So it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. And then welcome Patrick Storm uh, to the Texans Unfiltered podcast. Uh, I don't know. Before we get into the, well, I guess let's get into this, the normal stuff first, the routines. Uh, where you can find us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold. You can follow Jordan at Texans underscore Thoughts. And you can follow Dylan at Texans underscore Draft on Twitter as well. Uh, take a minute follow us on you know, all the social media platforms. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. Make sure you guys subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you guys leave reviews. That actually helps us a lot uh, being found on the World Wide Web. Uh, and um, make sure you guys go to TexansUnfiltered.com uh, for all of the recent uh, articles and things that Jordan and Dylan have been putting out. Uh, this week, there's a lot that Jordan is going through as far as the offensive line uh, and Max Sharping. So uh, make sure you guys go do that. Uh, Patreon. Woo! Uh, thank you guys, all the Patreons. We appreciate it. We're super excited uh, to, to redo that and, and kind of re- revamp it. Uh, as you noticed, uh, two out of the three on the stream as of right now, and that's only because Pat is in Houston. But we are all rocking new Texans Unfiltered merchandise. So you guys can go to TexansUnfiltered.com, click the merch website, and boom, hats. Hats, hats, hats. All sorts of hats. And I'm working on a fitted hat for those people that like fitteds because that's me too. Um but yeah, you guys can go get the hats. They're they're awesome. Father's Day's coming up. You want to get a unique Texans gift uh, for your dad? Boom! Support your boys. All right, uh, that is awesome. But that's not even the most awesome thing that we have to announce tonight. Pat, do you want to do it? I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. I'll put it on you. Oh, all right. No, so, no, go ahead. It's you want me to? Yeah, that's your show, man. All right, all right. So pretty big news. As you guys have noticed in the last couple of weeks, Pat has been a part of the stream. Obviously, we've you guys have known me and Pat's relationship for, for quite some time. We, we're always supporting each other and, and doing things back and forth, whether it be Twitter or his YouTube or whatever. Um, but uh, we are glad and very happy and proud to announce that uh, Patrick Storm is now officially a member of the Texans Unfiltered team. So uh, Pat Storm... I'm super excited that this happened. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're actually part of the team. We, I mean, you know. I'm glad to be here, man. Like, I'm really glad to um, to find a, I, I'm going to call it a home, because I've kind of bounced around from platform to platform to platform recently. And 
to find something that's stable and dedicated strictly to the team and the passion that's behind with everybody that's involved on the team, um, that's, that's big to me. So that was the, the driving factor of wanting to be a part of this. Is there the passion, the, the drive that everybody has, um, the fire in their belly when it comes to covering the Texans? So, granted, yeah, man. leaving us to do uh, Cowboys Unfiltered. I mean, that's the other big scoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, Anthony Wood? Uh, don't forget Wednesday, Anthony, Wednesday morning. Um, yeah. I mean, this is exciting because it's something that we've been working on in the background for quite some time, um, you know, and it, it's just, like you said, from a from a team perspective, just kind of what we're building, uh, it just makes all the sense in the world to add just another smart guy to the team, another hardworking guy, and, um, you know, to add to what Jordan and Dylan, you know, and, and that's really it. I mean, we, we, we won't be adding anybody else for quite some time until we get to the point. Uh, really, we weren't going to be adding anybody uh, full-time in general, but Pat's kind of like a, an exception, really, um, because of who he is to me. So, um, yeah, man, super excited to have you. We're, we're awesome. So if you guys ever want to blow up Pat's email, his email is Patrick at Texans Unfiltered. So if you guys want to bug him and ask him about scoops or anything that he's heard, uh, just send him an email to Patrick at TexansUnfiltered.com, and uh, he'll ignore you. Yeah, no, like no. Else. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Mm. All right. Oh, yeah, we can cast again, can't we? Uh, not really. I mean, we probably shouldn't, but, yeah, kind of in a way. Um, I was just a little, a little slip there of me. Um, so, Pat, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing, kind of, you know, <clears throat> what your role will be tech- with Texans Unfiltered. Obviously, you'll be on the insider stuff, but... Uh, there's other stuff that we're working on um, with the fantasy podcast with you and Jordan and John. John now knows that I just since I just told him on the stream. So I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> so it's really good. I don't know, three years now. Let's do a fantasy show. Let's do a fantasy show. Okay. Yeah, so it'll kind of be the same old, same old um, insider stuff. Anything that you know can go public will go public. Um. And then, as uh, obviously, as the season, you know, gets closer and gets underway, um, <clears throat> just reporting everything that's going on at training camp, um, in practice, you know, who's beating out who, who's doing well here, who's doing bad here, um, and then just, you know, kind of writing and, you know, just covering the team, kind of just reporting everything. So nice. You got a question in the chat? Um, yeah. Will Texans storm reports still exist? Yes. Yeah, so that'll all still be there. Absolutely. That's not going away. And the biggest thing that Pat's doing for us that helps us the most is our social media presence that we are awful about. Uh, so Pat's taking over all of our social media outside of the Twitter um, and helping us grow because we're bad at it. I guess that's yeah, really much. Well, yeah, there's no other explanation. We're just awful at it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, welcome on board, Pat. I know you, I don't think you guys could hear the applause I was playing to uh, earlier, but uh, it'll be on the podcast, so that's cool. It's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, all right, so um, let's go through some of the things going on in the world. Obviously, uh, COVID-19 uh, pretty rampant right now. Uh, lots of things going on. 
you know, the second wave is going to be pretty massive. Uh, I think we can all agree that there's a good chance the second wave might be worse than the first wave. Uh, wear your masks, wash your hands, wear your masks. Uh, that will stop it for everybody. It's like, oh, yeah, but it only protects you from sharing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about that. Like, it literally stops you from sharing it, which is what we need right now. The idea. We, we need it to not be shared with anybody. Um, so, yeah. Um, just make sure you guys take care of yourself. Um, outside of that, new J. Cole dropped. So... Uh, make sure you guys go listen to that because well, I had no idea. I've been so look at that should literally tell both of you how busy I am today. Okay, the reason why I wasn't going to be on the stream, I didn't even know Dick Cole dropped a new song. That should literally tell you all how busy I was today. That's like the perfect way for you guys to know. Um, all right, I still so, think this is a long con you knew, but now you're just trying to make us feel bad for dragging you on the stream. Pat specifically, it was all Pat's fault. He was supposed oh. to fill my shoes. I get it, though. Big shoes. Oh. I was supposed to paint the bedroom tonight. Well, if you're well, up to the house, get out of that. I mean, what's better than getting out of housework? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Oh, I guess also other news. Um, we are no longer a part of the Pro Football Network. Um, that deal fell through. Uh, I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but let's just say that um, – Differencing, uh, differing opinions and execution um, just didn't happen the way that it should have, and um, it, it, it is what it is with 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 creators. And when they when they partner with other businesses and other creators, uh, there tends to be that that line. And um, we just couldn't come to an agreement on what we kind of thought should be the future. Um, a lot of it had to do with uh, our website and us, you know, basically not having it and. Um, not an option, so uh, that's that. Um, no harm, already, no foul. Yeah, no harm, no foul. Uh, it's just part part of part of business. Pat, you got a question already right out the gate. I, I believe it was Patrick Queen that they were targeting. Was, yeah, um, that was the word. So Patrick Queen was going to be somebody that they were, had their eyes set on, and uh, the. You know, you had to have what twenty twenty two picks go proper for that to happen. It just it was a long shot. Yeah, um, both of them ended up going in the first round. I think it was more of they would were willing to do it had he had fallen out of the first. <clears throat> so, all right, um, this is a good question. This will we'll we'll get into this stuff here um, later on. By the way, you should join our Patreon if you're a Marvel fan. Uh, because we are going through the entire MCU. Uh, we are only three movies in, and Jordan and Dylan have not seen any of them. <laughs> so it's a great... Did you set up to watch all three for one podcast? No, 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 but they wanted to. They wanted... Was that was Jordan's idea. Specifically. Yeah. So uh, what's up, like Joshua Grant? If you're a Patreon, you'll probably get to hear this argument, because we're gonna. it's definitely going to happen in the Patreon cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. We watched... We were supposed to watch three movies this week, and it wasn't me and James that were pushing for it. It were the two guys that didn't watch the movies who were pushing for it. Yeah, they wanted to get to the end game quick. Well, you have to wait now. Uh, all right. What's that? I'm exempt from all this. Well, you're not I'm supposed to. I'm absolutely amazed that somebody can say that Thor was boring, but then study offensive blind tape all day long. Yeah, and that's Jordan. Wow. 
That's Jordan. All right, uh, football, football, football. So not a lot going on in the world. Uh, probably the biggest news in Texans land this last week was the fact that Bill O'Brien says that he will be kneeling with his players. Um, the MAGAs were in full uproar over the last week. Um, the racists were... Fun, fun comments on, on Facebook. The racists were out there. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, I think what people need to realize when it comes to this stuff, not just like kneeling, but the protests and all that, is, is it's really just not about political parties anymore. It's really just about like right and wrong and good people. Uh, you can be a Republican and you can be a good person and you can be a Democrat and be a good person. Uh, but like black people are human beings and they have been screaming for our help for ever. And it was prominent in the NFL, what, four years ago with Cap, three, four years ago. Um, and now, you know, now Bill O'Brien's learning and he's going to be with his players. And I mean, I don't think anybody should have been shocked by it, to be honest with you. I mean, just based on who we've seen Bill O'Brien to be as a man, I had never thought that this would be such a big deal, but. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, with oh, what we, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Um, with some of the things we talked with with DJ earlier this week, um, and, the, and the way he spoke about Bill, and the things he said about Bill, and then the news comes out that he's going to kneel, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. John, thoughts? I was going to say, part of me is really, really proud that he's. He is our head coach. I believe he's the first and at this point still only head coach that said he was going to deal with his players. Yep. That was the first head coach to come out and really talk about all of it. So first head um, coach and first general manager. General manager. True, true. And he attacked that aggressively. He did. He did. I wish that there was a little bit more of that outspokenness back with uh, Dwayne Brown and all that. Um, However, kind of get it. He's now more entrenched into the organization. Than the, it's now his show, so you get it. And it's, I will say that better late than never. And I think at the end of the day right now with everything going on, I think better late than never is really, like, it's understanding. It's understandable to, to be late to all of this. I mean, it's not okay, but you're righting the wrong. And that's yeah. that's that's all we're looking for. And I agree. Everybody should get a chance to right that wrong. Even Drew Brees, who started off like two weeks ago with the worst thing you could possibly have ever said, even he gets to backtrack. And I, as long as you come around to the right way, it's better than forcing somebody to become so entrenched in the wrong. Yeah. But I'm proud of Bill O'Brien. I wish it had happened a little bit sooner. Um, and I think that it's kind of a shame that it takes – some individuals to point out what others have already been saying before people start to get the message. Yeah. Fair. Oh, I agree. All right. Uh, let's get into some of the things that are going on around the NFL right now. So uh, yesterday there was a call with NFL PA agents. Um, basically, mini camps are done through the end of June because of COVID-19. Uh, they it basically, um, it's one of the more immediate updates uh, through the end of June. Um, a memo explaining this will be going out to players. Additionally, they will tell players that protocols for how to proceed will be developed over the next 30 days. So there's a good chance that training camp is also pushed back. 
Um, there's a good chance to answer the question about the preseason. Uh, I would assume that most likely at least two preseason games will be canceled from what I'm seeing. Um, but there's a chance that I, I could see the preseason being canceled altogether, to be honest. Um, but I think the biggest ramification, and it's something that we've kind of been ahead on ahead of uh, here, is salary cap implications for the 2021 season is going to be... Wait, are, we're in the 2021 season, right? This is 2020. I always get confused by that. Yeah, yeah, this is 2021. They're always like a year ahead. Uh, so the 2022 season, that'll be... Uh, That'll be, uh, what's this? I don't understand. Texans own Bubba Gumps. Your hat. Oh, maybe. It looks, maybe like a, looks like a crawfish? I don't know. <clears throat> um, anyways, um, yeah, the salary cap implications with uh, stadiums potentially being, well, the plan originally was like 25%. I think that plan's probably going to be ousted soon. It looks like there'll likely be no fans. Uh, $3.1 billion in revenue taken away from the NFL over the over the uh, season. That's going to have salary cap ramifications. I was reading earlier, I sent it to you, Pat. I sent it in the chat about um, how they're going to spread that out, basically. like they're gonna, It's not going to be like a one-year hit. They'll spread it out over the next two or three years. Yeah, so they'll you know, say that the league wants to drop the salary cap $20 million. So instead of next season, $20 million is all of a sudden gone off the cap. It will be $5 million over the next four years. Um, and how that'll work is if they projected a $10 million increase in the cap, it'll only go up $5 million. Or if it was going to go up 15 it'll only go up 10 So it's there's still a chance that it goes up. It just won't be nearly as much as they anticipated. That way they can absorb the impact of this season. Um, and that's that's one of the good things that with the new CBA passing is they're locked in for 11 years so this year plus the next 10 and they have the ability to it's you know it's kind of like a uh, like a signing bonus for a player it's not going to be you know that money doesn't affect the cap all at once it's going to be spread out over a couple years um, because in all reality there is no way a team anyone in the league can take $20 million and just cut it out of their salary next season. It just, it wouldn't be feasible. So. Yeah. Johnny, you got anything on the salary cap? Part of me is beginning to wonder this is why Deshaun's deal hasn't gotten, hasn't gotten done. Um, Because they don't really know what the salary cap's going to look like over the next couple of years. Um, So they may have slowed the roll on something that's going to drastically change how the Texans do business. We're going to have a, one player that takes up quite a bit of our of our salary cap. Now, we don't know how much. We don't know how much Deshaun is looking to be. We don't know if he wants to be the top-paid quarterback because if he signs his contract first, he's going to be the top-paid quarterback for at least a week uh, before Patrick Mahomes does it. If he doesn't want to be the top-paid quarterback, it's a different sort of outlook. And I wonder if that's part of the negotiations, if they're saying, hey, listen, the cap isn't, expect, isn't expected to grow as much. So if you take that giant leap forward with your, with your contract, this is how it affects the team going forward. And no team has won 
the Super Bowl with one player making over 20% of their cap. Um, I think that there was something like no team has even made the AFC or NFC championship of that high of a percentage to one player going on their on their cap. So part of me wonders, because, again, there's guys that are a lot smarter about football and about money in the Texans front office than, than we are, if that's kind of slowed things down and kind of affected how those negotiations are, go, are going. And kind of, and I'm the reason that I'm even bringing it up now is so people kind of relax and don't worry about it if Deshaun doesn't get the deal right at the beginning of camp or right at the end of camp. But I think that it's, it's still going to be okay. I think they're just trying to process everything. Yeah. Um, another thing that came out was saliva testing. Um, it sounds like that there are, there's a, they're expecting a 90% chance of legitimate saliva testing for the virus by the time training camp opens. Uh, the plan as of now is to have everyone, players, coaches, and staff be tested once they return to the team facilities. Even if they were tested a day before they traveled to a team facility, there's no expectation. There is an expectation that everyone will be tested every three days. Um, there is a talks. There are talks of expanding the uh, the training camp uh, roster size to 95 players. Um, I mean, I think that's really about it right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 really that's really about it as far as um, kind of updates on the NFL and kind of where things are. You guys got anything else on on those those topics at all? I think it'll be kind of interesting to kind of watch out to see if they do change uh, some of the roster restrictions. Because um, what happens if somebody gets sick? What happens if four four people get sick? Um, do what happens if there's so many players that have been exposed but not showing symptoms that you can't build a game day roster? Are they going to take people quicker from the practice squad? And something like this could actually be interesting because it could lead to changes that stick around even after COVID. So I, I just think that it's an interesting time to kind of watch um, what they come up with for roster flexibility. And I'm interested because with the big thing that a bunch of Texans and Cowboys players were exposed and tested positive, I wonder if that changes things going forward depending on who those players are. Pat, are we allowed to? No, so I can't talk about who it was, but um, I can tell you one of the players was at the George Floyd Memorial um, that did test positive. Um, both have there's so there was two from the Cowboys, one being Zeke Elliott, which went public pretty quick. Um, then you know there was another one from the Cowboys and two from the Texans. So you have four total now that have actually tested positive. Right now, there's been others previously. I think one was played for the Rams, um, an offensive lineman. So it's, they're not the first. Von Miller, I think Von Miller, right? Yeah. So there's there's been a few people around the league. Um, these aren't the first players or personnel to test positive. And there's going to be more, um, naturally, just because, you know, of the way those things are going to unfold. But, and yeah, speaking of what John was talking about with um, roster expansion and moving players up and down off the practice squad and stuff like that, there's already kind of some of that going on with how they structured the CBA is being able to promote and demote players to the, practice squad without having to go through the waiver system. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they they do go through and obviously come to an agreement on how to change some of that stuff up. 
but if you've got an entire position group that's been in you know classroom together and one guy tests positive and then now all these guys are you know potentially exposed whether he was asymptomatic or what it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the NFL handles all this it's going to be interesting I was talking to my pessimistic uncle the other day he was saying uh, what um, what's going to happen is what's what's going to happen when a big star in season gets it from a game, like from being on the field. What happens if yeah. Deshaun gets it? Well, but right now it's not that. Like right now, if Deshaun gets it, it's no different than anybody else getting it. What what I'm ta- what he's talking about? Deshaun gets it week three. Right, that's what I'm. That's what he's basically saying is, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, you know, one of the stars gets it from playing on Sunday, what happens at that point? And that's 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 probably the scariest part about all of this because at that point you're going to have to the, the league's going to have to do what's best for the players, and there's a good chance that the season could be shut down at that point. It's gonna. I have a feeling it'll end up being exactly like what happened with the NBA. Yeah. Rudy Gobert test positive. That quickly gets around the league, um, and you have games starting up, and officials running out on the court telling everybody to go home. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be something like that. I mean, this. It's. There's so many unknowns right now, um, and you know, fortunately, the league, the the season isn't supposed to start until September, so we have some time. But that time's quickly running out. Well, and so. it's not, and the fact that it's getting worse is what makes this entire situation a little bit different. Like, had we all followed protocol and done what we needed to do, um, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now. But the fact that everything opened up, people weren't taking the proper precautions, people were going out without masks, and everybody was ready to get out of quarantine, that now it's almost to a point to where. You know, like I said, we've seen increase. Uh, Houston specifically. I mean, Houston's. I mean, it's like the number one city in the world right now. Yeah, uh, you know, like an 88 capacity on ICU yeah. right now with you know in the hospital. So <clears throat> yeah, so it's just it's kind of nuts. But I mean, hopefully it, it all you know kind of cools down and calms down. But it's going to be interesting to see if one of those big if one of those big time players gets it. Um, what's going to happen? I don't even think it's going to have to be a big-time player. I think it's going to have to be a coach. Because if you start exposing these coaches, especially some of them that are older, that are more at risk, True. that's there's too much liability there. I mean, yeah. you got guys like Romeo Cornell in the league who, you know, he's way more at risk than, say, than say Bill O'Brien. Right. Uh, that's something they've got to be cognizant of. Yeah. No, I... I agree, 100%. Um, all right, so I think that's it on that. I don't think we're going to have up and down on the time for up and down on the defense. Um, Jordan's about to be here. We can do our uh, Jacob Martin trial, if you'd like. Probably not, though. We'll probably just roll through questions because he has quite a bit of questions tonight. Um, and I guess in the meantime, a couple questions for Pat. Griffin signing, yeah, just a rumor for now. They're interested, but they're they're not close on anybody right now. And then, very very possible. 
that's very possible. Very, very possible they're going to sign another nose tackle before the season starts. And so to back that a little bit, the Tim Jernigan thing was not a fa- failed physical, um, as I've seen a lot of people speculate. It wasn't anything health-related for him. It just when the it was money in the direction the team was wanting to go um, after drafting Ross Blacklock. So last one, uh, Kaepernick to the Texans. I put it at like a one percent. Really, it's possible, but it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then before we get to Jordan. Uh, no, Jadavian Clowney will not be rejoining the Texans. Oh, that's official. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that that dream is dead. The, yeah, there will not be a reunion of Jadavian Clowney in, in Houston anytime soon. Oh, God, we're going to have to bring in Jordan. Jordan, did you hear that news? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> that's the worst thing I could have heard. Uh, oh, my God. They just, they don't have, they don't have a spot for him. They don't. That's just yeah. that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I really thought there was a chance. Watch Phil. There was. Got to wait back up. There was a chance. He's been the Titans, isn't he? I don't know. I really don't know. Apparently, Cleveland's come back in with another offer. Yeah, it's at seventeen million now. Something like that. Yeah, they're wanting to. They're wanting to push for him. I don't want to uh, see him. Like, if there's any team I don't want to see him on, it's the Browns. Well, yeah, because you put him opposite of Miles Garrett. No, it's not even that. It's just like I just don't want to see him on the Browns. Like I, I hate the Browns because of Baker Mayfield. I'd rather see him on the Colts or Titans, to be honest with you. At least no. I'd be able to watch him twice. No, I, I think if anything, he's going to end up back in Seattle. Really? We'll, we'll just drop that right back there and leave it. Okay. This sucks. All right. Well, uh, hey, hey, Jordan. How you guys doing tonight? Good, good. How are you? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Well, good. not actually good. Not anymore. No, was no, doing good, sorry. but and I got completely ruined. That's, 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 that's the vibe story. <laughs> uh, We're here. All right. So before we get into question and answers, why don't you run through kind of everything that's expected on the site, and why don't you also talk about your most exciting day of your life so far last week? <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was really crazy um, getting the chance, the blessing to sit down and talk with Jacob Martin, the goat. You guys know he's my favorite player. It's it was so it was really surreal to be able to have that opportunity. You know, when I started this, I I really had zero expectations whatsoever. And starting talking to players, interviewing them, that was one thing. But then being able to talk to your favorite player, like that's just like a dream come true. Like, what more could you ask for? So that was amazing. Y'all should definitely go check that out. It's on the Houston Texans. Or sorry, on the Texans Unfiltered YouTube channel, full interview. Talk about a lot of things. Great interview. Great guy. Um, it was really fun, for sure. So that was great. And then this week, um, so yeah, my project this week was to, to look at the O-line, which, yes, is more entertaining to me than Thor. Film, film over everything. Um, yeah, had to do it to you. Um, so, yeah, I looked at kind of just the importance of us returning all five O-line. It's, it's been a, a good theme recently, and... And I see it because whenever those five were healthy, it was like a completely different O-line than when Fulton was out, when Titus was out. So it was just, it's going to be really great to see their chemistry and cohesion come together for next year. Um, and so, yeah, I got, I just posted a article today, part one of it. That's kind of looking at their cohesion and double teams. 
And um, I, I ain't going nowhere. Hopefully, at least. <laughs> <laughs> what um, Fire Jordan. <laughs> yeah, bad taste in movies, but Jordan's here to stay forever, unfortunately. Right now, there is nobody else giving you out as much quality and quantity as Jordan is currently. Appreciate it. I agree. I love it, man. Everyone's like, it's a grind, but I don't know, it's fun. It's not a grind when it's fun, you know, so. I agree. Yeah, so got that article and then posted Max Sharping video. I really believe in him. I think he's going to have a breakout year. He's super good. And then tomorrow will be next Watson Watch um, article. That'll be fun, too. And uh, an Everson Griffin film breakdown. I, he's my number one guy now, especially now that Clowney is out. He's going to be really exciting if we could bring him in. And if you said there's a good chance, then that's really exciting for sure. He's definitely a talented guy. Awesome. Yeah, so that's what I got. Next week will be more O-line stuff, part two of the chemistry kind of thing. And then looking at probably do Titus Howard for another article next week. So, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, I don't know. Texans for news, letting you know. You'll never work a day in your life. I want that. I want that life. All right. The dream. It is the dream. Um, All right. So, Jordan, a little quicker of a podcast than normal, but why don't we go through these questions because it looked like there was actually quite a bit this week. Well, we can just do three. I don't know how much time we got or we can just run through them all quickly, but um, I'll just start off. From I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Jair Jair. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm butchering your name, but he's the writer for Toro Times. He just had an awesome interview with Justin Reed, so y'all should definitely go check his work out. Great aspiring young writer. Um, he asks, which undrafted free agent has the best opportunity to make the 53-man roster? So for me, in my opinion, I guess you got to look at talent as one thing, but you also got to look at opportunity. So obviously no no quarterback is really like I don't know maybe Toronto <laughs> makes it but we have um, Watson you know what I mean so like we got to look at opportunity and so for me I think the running back three spot is a spot that has not enough competition and you look at Buddy Howell who's on the roster you look at Karan Higdon who's on the practice squad they both showed a little bit of something I don't think Buddy Howell is ever going to be getting carries honestly um, but for me a running back that I got really intrigued by when watching this film is Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss. He's a really fun guy. I wrote an article about him a while ago. He's just, his game honestly reminds me a little bit of Arian Foster. His patience, his vision, his cutbacks. Not saying he's going to turn into Foster, but his game definitely reminds me of that. He's a fun running back. Um, so I think he probably has the best chance for sure. What did you guys? I am going to go with, we, we talked about opportunity, and I think the biggest opportunity on this team is Tyler Simmons taking DeAndre Carter's Pump return and kickoff return spot um, as he's electric, um, solid hands, great vision, uh, quick guy. Um, you know, there's a difference between fast and quick. He's a little bit of both. And uh, I think a dynamic returner would be huge for this team. Definitely. I hate you, James. <laughs> I can't talk about him because you always. And then the other thing that Simmons brings is he's one of those gadget players. Um, yep. The only thing that's going to keep him off the roster this year is he may not be the best at um, running routes, um, especially downfield. However, if out there and surprises and he has that ability, there's absolutely no way he's not making the team. Because there would be value right now, and he's going to push for a spot as a gadget player and a kick returner. Just excelling at those two things because he is electric. 
But if he comes out there and he can actually run halfway decent routes, I think there's a very good chance he ends up on the team. Yep. Pat, you got anybody? Does it have to be from this year? Mm, I guess not. Anybody who was on the practice squad last year as well? It's David Bellamy. He's been talking about him for the last four weeks on the freaking podcast. He brought his yeah, name up every time. I have a feeling that David Bellamy and Patrick text a lot. That's why I no, think David Bellamy is brought up. I think his name is Davin. Yeah. Um, to me, I just I could see Davin beating out a guy like Brennan Scarlett. Um, and I know the hope is for Jacob Martin to take that spot, but I think having Davin also would be huge. One, he's taller, he's a little bit lighter, um, he's younger, and he's faster. Scarlett struggles getting outside when the play, you know, gets around the edge. He's terrible at setting the edge. Um, you know, he's just slow, and Davin's faster. He's quicker to the ball. Um, and to me, he's just a better pass rusher, too. So I think if they're, you know, that's obviously something this team lacked last year, and that's something they need to focus on. I think Davin can bring that to this team as added depth. I'm not going to say he's going to jump out there and be a starter this year, mm-hmm. but <laughs> as a rotational piece, I think he can do it. Duke Edge of Four would be another one, but I got to go with my boy Davin. My only issue with Davin is Jacob, Edgefor, Grenard, Scarlett. Yeah, like so much competition. And the Correct. investment of Grenard and then the addition of Martin last year, Edgefor coming back from injury, it's it's going to be crazy. For sure. And so, yeah, kind of going off that, one of the other questions was, what are your thoughts on Duke Edgefor for this season? For him, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he can produce. He's got to get back in the swing of things. That's going to take some time, so I wouldn't expect him to to contribute right away. I don't even know how much snap, how many snaps there are going to be available for him. Um, one thing that is interesting, so I love his game, first of all. I love his length. His technique is pretty advanced. He's got great inside counter moves. Um, and another interesting thing about him is when he was healthy, we lined him up on the interior quite a, quite a decent amount. We try that. He lined up in the A-gaps, and so if he can be that guy, we do need an interior rush. And if Blacklock or Omenahu, they need some time to rotate out, we can throw in Ajayi for there and we can see how it works. Um, if not, having him and Jacob Martin off the edges every once in a while, that's going to be really fun to watch for sure. So I'm excited about him. Yeah, I, I'm excited about Ejivor too. I like <clears throat> what he brings. Obviously his length. It's more of his bend on the edge that really excites me the most. Um, but he's going to have to have a stellar training camp for him to have an opportunity to actually – uh, have a chance to get snaps on game day. And, and, and it's unfortunate, but it all has to do with just his injury history. You know, two years straight, he hasn't, he hasn't been on the field. Um, that That's a really hard thing to come back from. Uh, but if he comes in and lights up camp, I think there's a good opportunity, like you said, from the interior, uh, even on, um, you know, passing downs, maybe him and Martin. Um, I, he has a spot. He's just going to have to carve it out. Yeah, Duke For is sure. Down ability to shoot the gaps and which would allow him to rush from the interior. He just hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. Yeah, but that's the thing. In the NFL today, uh, who really does stay healthy? I mean, it's very very rare that you have somebody that's on the field for 80% of the snaps, 16 games every season. Um, and that's one thing that like, we're, somebody asked about the receivers, but when you have guys like 
Cobb, who missed a couple games last year, Stills, who's missed a couple games. When you have a wide receiver like Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins back-to-back who are absolute Ironmen, you get spoiled. So when you have players that are going to get injured, they're going to get banged up. Um, some of the stuff that DJ touched on in the interview that you know, we, that's not going to be in the interview, but we kind of talked with <laughs> What? Yeah, no, it's not going to be in the interview. It's not going to be an interview, but I'll kind of just a little teaser. Just a little teaser of the ninety minutes we spent with DJ outside of recording for you guys to hear. So, some of the things that DJ talked about on what these guys go through on the sideline just to get back into the game is outrageous. Or even in the huddle, he talked about players, and I'm sure everyone this isn't going to surprise anybody, but players walking back to the huddle and their finger being at a ninety degree angle, like at the knuckle and just popping it back into place and going back in or going to the sideline and sitting down on a heating pad because they can't walk because they can't feel their legs, but then going back in the next series. So the injury history thing with Duke doesn't really bother me, um, but I like the idea of him going on the inside, and I think that's one thing that we're going to have to watch with Weaver is how he's going to mix these guys up, these speed guys up and putting them on the inside and causing some hits for the offensive lines. Yep. Yeah, really excited about his potential as a DC. So moving on, from next question is from Uber Weiss. Uh, he asks, does Conley get his next contract done here, or do the Texans let him walk, or do they tag and trade him? Um, so I'm of the belief that Conley is cornerback one. I think he's going to replicate his his great season from last year. As long as they put him in the right position to succeed, play to his strengths, press man, he's going to ball out. And by midseason, he's going to be the talk of the league, and the Texans are going to have to get something done. They're going to have to pay him. And I think they should be able to get it done, even with the cap situation, even with Watson having an extension, even with Cunningham, other guys that they got to pay. They'll get it done because the lockdown quarterback is so valuable to your team, and the Texans will understand that. So if... I think, it'll, I think it'll get done for sure. If they don't, then I do think there's a good tag and trade scenario. Um, I don't think that they would lose him at this point. They've invested a lot into him, and they're not just going to let him walk. So, I mean, Conley Crew. I mean, that's pretty, mm-hmm. much, pretty much what we should change the podcast name to. Conley Crew. We actually have shirts being made called Conley Crew. Because that's how much we really believe in Gary and Conley. Yes, so sir. once those are all out, you guys can go grab your shirts and before the season so that you can let everybody know ahead of time who the cornerback one was for you. And then when it becomes true and it comes to fruition, you guys can be like, look, here's my receipt. I bought this shirt literally four months ago. Okay, Conley is cornerback one. Now, <clears throat> the deal happening midseason, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different things going on with COVID-19 and the impact potentially on salary cap other changes that could be happening. Um, I don't know if he'll get a midseason extension. I would prefer for that to be the case. But I, if not, I don't see a tag and trade. What I see is a tag and them basically doing a handshake saying, hey, we have Roby on a contract for another year in 2022. His, he comes off, he has no dead money. We'll be able to allocate the funds there plus some to get you a long-term extension on this. And that's what I expect to happen. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he 
comes out in training camp and he continues to show what he did last year, that they try and lock him up for the end of training camp. Like Whitney. Yeah, very similar. Um, try and get him before he gets too excited. Like Martin? But if he plays like he did. Like Nick, yeah. Well, Nick's top. Nick's a top paid center. Top well, what I'm saying is like how they, the timing was. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. And, and I mean, they tried to do DJ too at that time and they just couldn't make it work. But if Conley. Conley comes out during training camp, um, does whatever they ever asked him to do during the exit interview, and just shows out. I think that they'll try and they will at least hear rumors. I don't know if it'll actually happen of them trying to extend him. But my biggest fear was when they didn't pick up. And I mean, you you heard us on the podcast when we announced that they were not going to pick up the fifth year option. We know that he came back to the team this year, but we all have a feeling, obviously that that's going to end up being a mistake because we could have had him for the fifth-year option instead of having to pay more than $10.5 million a year. Real quick, Pat, before you get into it, there's a very interesting scenario going on right now in Texans land that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And it's the fact that Bradley Roby has not signed his 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 contract yet. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't. Yes. Came out transaction already. Uh, April, cool. April 3rd. According to the Texans cap, he has not signed. And according to multiple other Pat, uh, multiple people, they are saying that he has not signed. Transaction Wire had it on April 3rd. Let me see if I can pull it back up. While you're doing that, talk about um, your, your thoughts on what happens with uh, Gary Conley. So I think yeah, so something kind of like what maybe what happened with Nick Martin or even with, with Whitney. Um, you know, Nick Martin got his before the season, what, the day before the first game of the season? Um, you know, they were talking all before training camp and uh, during training camp and all the preseason. Um, so that's a possibility. If, you know, they feel like maybe we got they got to wait and see how the season goes for Deshaun, um, and they tell Deshaun, hey, if, you know, worst comes to worst, we slap the franchise tag on you and we visit, visit this later. Um, or they let him play out the season and they do something like with Whitney where you got a couple games left in the season and they've seen how things are going to go um, and how he's, how well he's producing for him. And then that's when they give him the new contract. So there's a very good chance that um, – you know, they lock Conley up during the season. Um, I think it all just depends on how they want, um, how things are going to progress with the season and the the ramifications are going to be um, with, you know, whether they're staying in the same, 50% occupancy, 25%, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, April 3rd, Texans officially processed three-year, $36 million contract for veteran corner Bradley Roby. That's from Aaron Wilson. It's in Spotrack, too, so I don't know. Okay. At least it was a week ago. I'm looking it up right now on the NFL website to double-check. April 3rd? April 3rd. Yep, you're right. Okay, good. I, I was scared once I saw yeah, that. Probably, yeah, there, was, there was no hesitation with his deal on either side. Okay, good. Yeah, he wants to be here. So. I, I And I found it odd just because they would know his health. Like, from a physical standpoint, I don't know what would potentially hold that up. So, that's good to know. Uh, okay, never mind. 
All right, so getting to the next question from at Report Texans. He says, after not living up to his first-round expectations, do you see Vernon Hargraves breaking out this year after being in our system for another season and playing that nickel corner? That can be a hard position to play coming in mid-season. So, yeah, exactly. So James nodding his head because he, he recalls this when he had his interview with uh, Antonio Cromartie. One of the big things he talked about with Hargraves is when you're in that nickel position, there's a lot more to think about than in the outside position, and it can be even harder. And because you have that two-way go, you don't know, you don't have the sideline to your advantage. You don't know if they go left or right. There's no, there's a lot less tells for you as a cornerback, and there's a lot more that you have to handle that's on your plate communication-wise because sometimes you're playing as a linebacker, as a safety, or whatever. Your run keys are different, stuff like that. And so he's definitely there's definitely a lot on his mind as a nickel cornerback and coming in it's hard to learn the defense that quickly and so he could be hesitating and not playing as natural as he as he would maybe back in tampa and so i'm not the biggest believer in hargraves but there's definitely reason to be optimistic with him with us bringing him back and there's very little risk for his deal right one year deal small deal so even if he doesn't play well that's fine we have other nickel corners who can replace him john reed we're all very high on him so even if, if Vernon Hargis doesn't ball out, like maybe some people think he will, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Jordan pretty much touched on all of it. Um, you know, and, and Antonio also mentions about the terminology being a little bit different when playing slot and your responsibilities. Uh, so, you know, when you're coming in midseason, you're having to learn all of that. Uh, you know, he, he, he didn't have a great season with us. Like, he didn't have a, a Conley-type season coming midseason. Um, but there are some plays on film where he was okay. Um, so, I mean, ideally, I think he has the chance, and I think they brought him back to battle for that slot position. I, I, I definitely think that that's what he's here for. Uh, it's just going to be up to him if he can do it. It'll be between him and John Reed most likely. In a perfect in, in a perfect situation, I would love for him to win that spot and be an effective slot corner so John Reed can start to mix in on outside and inside and do other things like in dime sets and stuff like that um, instead of just being a slot corner. Um, but I honestly, I believe that John Reed will be our starting slot corner. Or Roby. Roby. Yeah, so I mean, if they, if they want to go with Reed and they decide that Burn is more of a depth player, it wouldn't hurt him because what was the deal? Like one point three yeah real small so so real small i mean they could even cut them because i don't think there's any dead money attached to it other than maybe a small signing bonus so um i mean that that could be a possibility too i just i get the aaron colvin vibe from him and i just i I understand it's a very tough position to play um but i think some people just have these way high expectations just because he was a first round pick and so that's I get that Aaron Colvin vibe from where I think the expectations are way bigger than what he can bring to this team. You got to remember part of the reason he was a first round pick though was the measurables, not necessarily the production. Um, he's, his size and his speed and his length can't coach that. So if it magically clicks one day, then wouldn't hate it. It's found, it's found money. I mean, mm-hmm. but we've seen time after time after time guys would should be better ball players than they are, never pan out because they just don't get the middle part of the game. And it's interesting they technically put him in a more mentally demanding position at slot. Um, but he gets to go against guys that are a little bit slower and a little bit quicker, where I think Reed, Reed, he's a little bit undersized even for the modern day slot because he can't do as much run support. But his shuffle seed and 
his agility and things like that, like I think that he's gonna just end up taking that job and owning it for the next six years in Houston. Yeah, so to y'all's point, Hargo signed a one-year, $1.3 million deal with zero dead cap. So low risk, pretty decently high reward. So moving on to the next question from at DinosaurFN. He asks, will Zach Cunningham be an all-pro? So last year, was he a Pro Bowl starter or was he an alternate? Alternate. Alternate. I think he should have been a starter, but there are a lot of good linebackers in the AFC. I think he'll definitely get to the all-pro level um, this season. Now that I'm done with O-line, I'm watching Zach Cunningham, and it's been really fun. He's super good. He's improved a lot from his college days. One of the main things that he's improved on is attacking blocks. Number one, shedding them, and number two, just evading them and, and getting past them. And I've seen an improvement. The also, another big improvement from him that I really enjoyed is his zone coverage. People think he's a complete liability in coverage, and I'll agree for man coverage, but in zone coverage, I've seen some really good plays, some really good instincts of him, and I like his potential there. He's only gotten better in it, and I think he's an ascending player. He's still young, so I do think he'll be an all-pro next year. I think his ceiling's still really high, and we haven't seen the best yet of Zach Cunningham. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I think he's the best linebacker, middle linebacker on this team. Um, uh, he should be on the field more than BMAC this season. Um, definitely seen improvement in zone. I think it's really hard when you're asking a, a, a middle linebacker to play man. Um, I don't think it's the easiest uh, responsibility for an inside linebacker to play. Uh, the only one that comes to mind that's really good at it is Deion Jones. But outside of that, I, I can't think of another inside linebacker that's able to really play man. Uh, and you shouldn't ask your, your linebackers to play man. They should be sitting in zone and uh, just kind of patrolling the middle of the field. Um, so, but yeah, as a run stopper, uh, he really stepped his game up last year. Uh, I think PFF had him graded as like a number two or number three last season as a run stopping middle linebacker. Um, we've all been, like I've said it multiple times a year, we drafted Deshaun Watson. I was more excited about Zach Cunningham than I was Deshaun Watson, and it has nothing to do with Deshaun. It was just I loved what he did at Vanderbilt, and I think he, I think he's a solid inside linebacker, and he's the future of this linebacking core uh, for them in the middle of the field for me. You know, I still kind of get frustrated with that guy on Twitter every time I think about it when he brings up that taxes are a bad stat for linebackers. And he's correct for some linebackers. You try to count tackles for outside linebackers. Jordan's so mad. There's a lot of positions that have the word linebacker in it. But when you're a middle linebacker and the defense is kind of set up to funnel the play towards you, it is your responsibility to stop the play. You count stopping the play by counting the tackle. And that's all Zach Cunningham does. Is he? Or not, not all he does. That's an exaggeration. But he is one of the best tacklers in the league. I mean, he just, he just did. Um, his sideline to sideline speed and his length and his ability to just bring down just about anyone. If you want a linebacker to stop Derrick Henry, Zach Cunningham is going to be on that list. He's going to be one of your top three picks. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a phenomenally underrated player. And will he get all pro? No, because there's just – I don't think that he stands apart so much to overshadow the part of the fact that he's in Houston. Whereas to gain an all pro status – out of Houston, I sometimes feel as though like they just really have to have like an obscene season 
if he has a good season, if he has a really good all-pro level season, he's not going to get it. He has to have almost like a transcendent season because, I don't know, it just always feels like that. We've we've had players before that had all-pro deserving, and it goes to the guy that's more popular on the bigger market. Um, So I think that's the big thing that's going to stop him from probably ever having an all-pro. See, I don't think he'll ever have that big of a gap between him, but he'll definitely play at that same level, the all-pro player. Yeah, I think it'll be tough. I mean, you've got Darius Leonard up in Indy, um, who as a rookie became an All-Pro. Um, yeah. You know, two years in the league now, and he's established himself as one of the top linebackers in the NFL. Um, can Zach get there? Yeah, and I think we kind of saw last year where he played a hundred more snaps than Bernard Kinney last year. So, I mean, he was on the field for what was it like eighty-seven percent of the snaps? Let's see. Yeah, 87% of the snaps is what Zach played last year compared to McKinney, who played like 74 or 75. So I think he's got the potential um, and he's got the opportunity. And I think we're just going to have to kind of sit back and watch and see how Weaver uses them. Because I think one element of his game that is going to have to really take the next step is getting to the quarterback if they're going to use him in that aspect. If that's the way Weaver wants to go, if he wants to start bringing the linebackers on a rush, I think that could potentially catapult him into that all-pro level. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I saw a little bit more of him. They did. They blitzed him a little bit more last year, but definitely not as much as BMAC, who I love as a blitzer. He can do it or in the interior, so that's really great. But what I did, I did like from Zach his blitzing is his speed. It's ridiculous. Like if you look at, if you just think about his closing speed versus BMAX, like it's night and day. And so his closing speed getting into a quarterback is ridiculous. And his physicality, which he's upped a lot, um, it really helps with shedding blocks if a running back trying to chip him or whatever. So I like his blitzing a lot too. So I'm definitely with you there. Uh, moving on though, Joe Cardner asks a great question: Will there be any Houston Texans cheerleaders? That's a that's a great question. I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I would assume if there's no fans, we're gonna unfortunately have to play with no cheerleaders as well. We're probably only gonna restrict it to um, what's the word? Important personnel. I forget what the word is. Essential. Essential. There you go. Essential. Um, it's that's a good one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there probably won't be. Yeah. There's right. no fans. There won't be any cheerleaders. Uh, one of the ideas that I've seen floating around is they'll have them like remote. They won't actually be at the game, but they'll be a part of the broadcast. Hmm. That's weird. And then throw them up on the big screen or the uh, green screen. <laughs> That's weird. All right. So you got. I mean, we might do more uh, Clay Walker national anthem. If there's no cheerleaders and there's no fans, we still have Clay Walker yeah. national anthem. Because yeah. God, I'm so tired yeah. of it. <laughs> You know, Please no he's more. not going anywhere. He'll be around for the next 150 years. He ain't going and anywhere. I'm talking about this about him. <laughs> all right, so the last question we got here from at Trey Joe, he asks, will O'Brien give it all for Jamal Adams? So I don't know if you all saw, but Jamal Adams tweeted something like, I love Houston the other day, maybe it was today. And as much as we would all love that to happen, I don't think we're in the position to make a major trade like that. And um, he'd be a great player, great fit in the secondary, really take it to the next level. I love his all-around game. He's a leader on the defense. He'd bring a different fire and everything. He can blitz. He can cover tight ends, play the run. Um, 
But unfortunately, a trade wouldn't be the way we get Adams. Now, if he wants to hold out from New York, become a free agent eventually, he can come back to Houston and come home. That'd be great. Yeah, I still don't see it happening. There's just, we don't have the capital. Yeah. And nothing that the Jets are going to want. So. Yeah, unfortunately, like Pat said, don't got the capital, don't got the means for it right now, but maybe in the future. Maybe. Um, so that's what the capital is if it's something incredibly painful for us to do, which no one here would, would like. And I don't even know what combination of players that could possibly be. But it would just be incredibly painful. We don't have the draft <laughs> capital to do it. Yeah. Trade JJ, bring in Jamal, and then sign JD, right? That's like a yeah, dream center. Really perfect. Oh, that would be so perfect. Can't complain about that at all. It would never happen, though. No. Here's the question. Do y'all think JJ is still worth the first-round pick? No. No. No one's going to give up. What the? Adolf Hitler? Very concerning. Okay. Um, no, this the injury history. Like, no one's going to be willing to give up a first-round pick for somebody that they don't know can play 16 games and then eventually 17 games. So, and then expanded playoffs. I mean, it's moving forward now. Injury history is going to play a, a huge part in what's exchanged for draft capital. And JJ's just not a first-round pick anymore. Yeah, as unfortunate as as it is, I think talent-wise we can all agree that he is. When he's been on the field, he's been balling out, you know. But right. like Pat said, it's just it's gotten to that point. The body's breaking down. It, it's it's really unfortunate because everything he's done for the Texans, the amazing career he's had, it's just not it's just not there anymore. It's, it's really unfortunate, but it is what it is. All right, so I think James is is out, so we gotta finish this. That's all I got for questions. Gonna wrap it up, John. Oh well. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's see any positive vibes only. Uh, definitely, we talked about a little bit back at the beginning. Bill O'Brien kneeling and coming out, and the Texas organization as a whole coming out the way that they did. And even JJ, we didn't even talk about JJ. Clapping back at that guy on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Tell him not to speak for him. All those things. Positive vibes only. It's needed. Um, you got anything, Jordan? Um, maybe not a whole lot Texans related, but just in terms of what's going on in the world right now, like these these protests are kind of creating change. We're seeing things happen. We're seeing officers getting arrested, cases being reopened. So all of this is. I don't. I hate to make it about this again, but because people don't like it, but you know, whatever. It it has to be said. I feel like so. It's just good to see that. Change is happening, you know. And Pat, what about you? So the the kneeling stuff with with O'Brien, um, you know, kind of what you said with JJ and stuff like that. I think one thing that's going to stand out with this team this year is, <clears throat> and Brian Cooks mentioned this in an interview, and I can't remember who he was being interviewed by, um, but it's going to take. 53 unselfish people to win games and to win a Super Bowl. And I think what we're seeing now um, in the the dialogue that's going on, and I think, unfortunately, with, with the events that have happened, I think it's kind of brought 
the, everybody on the team a little bit closer together. And I think that's going to help on the field this year. I think it's going to translate to, you know, just a better culture for everybody on the, on the team. And so I think we're just going to – I think we're going to see a better collective effort with everybody and that everyone is, you know, on the same page finally. Not to say that they haven't been in the past, but I think the, the glue and everything is finally gelling together. And I think we're going to see a much better team this year. Yeah, and not again to kind of tie back to football with Bill O'Brien and, and Nilling, is he has demonstrated why with all the crazy, just insane things that we think that he's done as GM or decisions he's made as a coach, that he's never been able to lose the locker room. This may be the most clear example why. And if he's coming out saying it and saying it is forcefully, almost unprompted, he took over that. That wasn't his. Um, that wasn't his video conference. He took it over to say these things. He wasn't pushed into it. He volunteered this, and that just demonstrated that he's, regardless of anything, regardless of what we may or may not think of what he's doing with the franchise, he's proven that he's a good guy, and he's proven that he he's a great guy, and that he is a he's a leader of men, which they always talk about with NFL coaches. Are they a leader of men? Because that's what it kind of takes to win in the NFL. And it's a bad, I, I've always thought it's a bad cliche, and maybe maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll, we'll see a little bit, but Bill O'Brien definitely demonstrated it this year. All right, um, to start closing out, um, give a special shout-out to Alex Patel, uh, Patreon, one of our Patreon donors. Um, Patreon material is still coming. Uh, right now we are still continuing to do our rewatch, or in Jordan's case, actually, it's his first time watch for the Marvel Universe. So for that purpose alone, just to hear his reactions for somebody that has somehow survived the past 20 years without watching these things, um, it's, it's kind of worth it. I mean, it makes me actually want to show up and do the Patreon show when I'm tired at the end of the night. So honestly, come show, come watch. Um, give Jordan a hard time when he says things that you're just like, I thought it was part of pop culture. It just shows you how much he locks himself in the cave just to watch film week in, week out, that all these Marvel movies, they're just an absolute mystery to them. And it's great, great entertainment. Um, then after that, we will have more and more stuff coming out on Patreon. Um, I guess I'm going to announce it now that I'm going to put up my fantasy rankings probably next week, um, and then it'll be updated as we go. And I'll also kind of discuss how I come across my rankings, uh, my personal rankings. And I hate doing this because there's about 30 of y'all that I've that I know listen to the show that play fantasy football against me, including a couple for money. So now you're going to get to see my methods. And, you know, I'm, I'm usually a very solid player. So that's why I'll, I'll put myself out there. But you can also think that I'm an idiot, whatever. But I'll show my methods. Methods to my madness. Um, you're in, you're out. I usually do pretty well. Um, Thor is a the greatest Marvel character. Just wait till you get to Ragnarok. Ragnarok? I can't say that word. Um... I can't say regular names. Don't don't expect me to say that name. <laughs> the Thor three is amazing, Jordan. Just wait. Okay. Um, okay. And then let's see what else we got. Where to find us? Houston FB Twitter and on Twitter and Instagram. Um, usually, if you're talking to somebody on the Houston FB Twitter, that is me. Um, if you try and hit me up on my personal Twitter, I will not see it until like three weeks later because I can only handle one Twitter at a time. But thankfully, the others have been kind of stepping up and helping me out with those. 
Also, Pat Storm, you can find him all over Twitter, Texas Thoughts for Jordan. Um, you're probably following him more so than you're listening to the show. He's got more Twitter followers than us. Uh, some of the best breakdowns out there. Um, James is, of course, always entertaining, always real with y'all. Um, you can find him at I am Young Ari Gold. And then Dylan is not around tonight, but it is Texans underscore drafts. Make sure you follow him. He is doing great work out or great work um, with the college ranks players. And he just released one on J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina that I am very, very high on. He's a fantastic player, and most of y'all may know him as Joe Horn's little boy. Let's see. And then please, please, please take a minute to follow us. It's the easiest way to support the show. Even if you can't spare even a dollar to support us on Patreon, just that minute to follow us on Twitter, that minute to like us on Facebook, uh, to share us, uh, to pass us along, that does more so. That helps in so many ways. It allows us to get these interviews. Having, It's like we don't want clout, but having the followers gives us kind of like that baseline that helps open doors that we otherwise couldn't get into. And then, let's see, and, oh, yeah, if you haven't checked out the website, please do. Our website looks great. Um, he's one of the behind-the-scenes guys, but Cody has done a great job putting it together. Jordan and Dylan have done a fantastic job of filling it with content. There is so much stuff, I'm not even up to date on it right now. It, they're doing great, great, great stuff. And this is the off-season. What else do you got to do? Um, y'all got anything else? Nope. nope. <clears throat> Lots of shaking heads. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope – I well, James dropped off, so I have no idea how this is getting recorded. <laughs> but thank you all so much for listening. We wouldn't be what we are without all everyone out there listening and following and supporting us. So, again, bottom of my heart, thank you all, and peace out. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.